Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the amazing things former teachers are now doing outside of the classroom. And where teachers who are considering making a move of their own can find the resources, guidance, and support that they need to take their next steps. I'm your host, Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to this episode of the Teacher Transition Podcast. In this episode, we have Felicia Greenberg with us. Felicia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. So glad you're with us. Felicia is a former teacher who is a slave to the bell schedule and now works as an instructional designer from the comfort of her home office. When she's not home, you can catch her up in the air traveling somewhere. Felicia. So excited to have you share your story and your work experience and everything from the classroom and beyond. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm I'm excited. I know when I was contemplating transferring out of the teacher world, there was really nothing out there to for me to look at and you know, look towards for motivation and inspiration and so I'm excited that I'll be a part of that for somebody else going through what I've gone through. I know they're going to appreciate it. It really can feel like such a lonely process. I I felt like so alone in my experience and, um, you know, and I didn't feel like there was a safe place. Like the faculty room wasn't the place to talk about this. Yeah. And, and even though when you're, when you're a teacher, there's a lot of, at least in my experience, and I taught in three different schools for nine years total. So I feel like in three different states. So I feel like I've gotten a good survey of teachers out there. Um, even though there are other unhappy teachers that you might work with, like, you know, talking to them in the lunchroom or the faculty room, it, there's a difference between talking about wanting to leave and actually putting into motion leaving. And so, you know, I think I was able to talk to some of my coworkers about wanting to leave, but when I was actually starting to put it in motion and like, you know, even just making a resume, they were like, suddenly they weren't a part of the conversation, you know, it was for them more just venting about the stress of it. And so it was, um, it was a little rough for sure. Plus you kind of think, Hey, am I crazy? I'm leaving this stable job where I have great vacations. Um, I had a pension plan coming to me and you know, all these things. And you're like, wait, am I crazy to actually think about doing this? And you know, now I tell myself I'm probably crazy for thinking for so many years I wanted to change and not doing it the first or second time I thought about it. Well said. I remember feeling a little bit like a rebel and like, yeah, no one else is doing this. I love the distinction you made of, you know, between those that are venting about challenges and those that are actually generating energy, like to do, they're doing something about it. So awesome distinction. Yeah. No. And and I have, even since then, I have a lot of um, Facebook friends, you know, who are my former colleagues and, you know, they're still talking about wanting to leave teaching. And I've now been out of the classroom for five years. And so I just think, wow, you know, you can only talk about it for so long before I think opportunities do start to slip away from you, you know? So it's just, I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll give a tip at the very beginning, which is if you're thinking about it, it's worth exploring um, despite the fear for awesome. sure. So, so will you take us uh, on a timeline, like take us back in time. Yeah. Where yeah. did you teach? What did you teach? Yeah. How long did you sure. teach? Anything like so, that? Um, so I'll take you to the very beginning, which is I graduated from undergrad with um, a degree in journalism. So no, nothing you know, at all in the teaching realm. I thought, oh, I'm going to be on the radio. I want to be like a broadcast journalist, stuff like that. Um, and then a few years later, when that wasn't working out, <laughs> I, I had a teacher friend and she was 
she was a student, uh, I'm sorry, a substitute teacher at the time looking for a full-time job. And this is when I lived in Manhattan. And I was like, you know, teaching, it's something I could do. I love kids. Um, I have a lot of energy. I'm creative. I'm looking for something that's not monotonous or the same every day. And then of course I was like, ah, the, the schedule sounds great. Like summer's off, you know? So I thought, all right, I'm going to go to grad school for education. And so went to grad school in Manhattan, graduated with my degree in elementary ed, um, which was not, I, you know, looking back, I'm like, I always wanted to be a middle school teacher, which is what I ended up being. Um, so I have no, no idea why I went into elementary ed, except for I was in my mid twenties. And I think I just thought there wouldn't have been enough of an age gap for my students to how old I was for them oh, to take yeah. me seriously. So I think I was like, oh, I'll just start with the younger kids. And already I'm, you know, 20 years older than them, close to it. So um, I started teaching. I taught fifth grade in East Harlem. And it was a really rough year. It was like um, completely stereotypical, unfortunately, like fist fights every day. Um, I called the security guard every day. but. I was like, all right, I, I just took out a loan for grad school. I just graduated and I, I have to stick it through the first year. And so my first year was already kind of not the best entry into the teaching world. I was already like, I hate this, um, mostly because of the environment. It just wasn't a supportive environment and there wasn't a lot of learning going on. It was a, a lot more just babysitting. Interesting. Well, so first, that, year, first year is challenging regardless of where you are. Yeah. But, but that's, yeah, add that to it as well. Yeah. That's tricky. It was, it was pretty, pretty terrible. And um, I'm grateful that I had a, a volunteer from the church who came in three times a week as a TA. And she was um, a lovely lady who really helped to keep me sane and also helped just help me record incidents that happened in the time they happened out. So I had a good record of that. But wow. um, after that first year, I actually moved to Florida um, and I was in the West Palm Beach area and I taught fourth and fifth grade there in a very different environment. Um, lots of support from the administration there. So it was a much better experience and I was enjoying it. You know, I was like, I was starting to feel good at what I was doing. I think with teaching, it takes a while for, or at least for me, it took a while for me to feel confident in knowing what I was doing, like, you know, talking to parents. And, you know, when I went down to Florida, we, we were emailing parents, which was very different in New York. We didn't have computers. It was more old school um, in New York city. And so, you know, just getting my flow on like, all right, how do I, you know, tell the parent the positive before I tell them the negative and things like that. And, you know, discipline in the classroom and just kind of finding my groove. And that's when I was thinking, all right, I made a mistake and I should have just specialized in teaching middle school English. Like that's what I want. I don't want to teach math and science and social studies. And so that was already spinning through my head. And luckily my school was, I was teaching fifth grade the first two years and then they were like, actually, we're going to try something. We're going to departmentalize and we're going to have reading and writing. The kids go to one teacher for reading and writing. And then in the second half of the day, they, they go to a different teacher for social studies, math, and science. And I was like, this is fantastic. So I had thought about leaving teaching because I was like, oh, you know, is this something I could see myself doing forever? But then when that opportunity, you know, showed itself. I was like, well, this puts me down the track of specializing in the subjects I want. Yeah. Nice. I back the journalism from my undergrad with, you know, I'm passionate about writing. 
and reading. And so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll stick around. And so um, for the next two years, I taught just reading and writing to fourth graders. And I loved just reading and writing. I was like, I could focus on what I want to focus on. Um, you definitely, when you specialize, you definitely get the kids who, you know, might not love your subject. So you are stuck with, you know, when you're teaching a gen ed class, you know, maybe for an hour of the day, they're not into it. And so that was a little challenging, but I liked it. And then toward the end of that fifth year of teaching, so one year in New York City, four in Florida, actually probably by the end of my, by the end of my third year in Florida, I would say, um, I was like, maybe I need to do something else. Like this is great, but I don't see this as a forever. Um, mostly because I worked so hard and I didn't have, I was still broke. You know, I was like, I'm working this hard and I'm still worried about money. Um, and that was probably the, the bigger driving factor. And secondly, I just thought, I don't know that I could do the same thing for the rest of my life. And teaching, well, you can switch grade levels and you could switch subjects. Each year is kind of a repeat in some way. Groundhog's um, Day. I remember yeah. feeling like, oh man, I've, I've said this so many times. Can I just yeah. like, record myself and automate? Yeah. You know? like I, I remember saying this last year in the same way. And you, know, you do get to change some of your lessons and things like that. But um, So I had it in my head that I was like, I hate Florida. I'm leaving Florida. And I don't know where, where I'm going, but I'm going to get a job in sales because somebody told me I would be a good person to be in sales. And I remember I like went to the bookstore and bought books about how to be a salesperson. And I was like, I don't know if that's me either, but we'll see. And I actually resigned from my teaching job in Florida um, with no job lined up and with a ticket to move to Chicago. And I was like, I'm going and I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I'm going to leave teaching and I'll figure it out. And um, the second to last day of school, I started to socialize that with, you know, the parents and there was one parent in particular who was like, oh my gosh, like, you mean you're not going to have my younger son in two years? Where are you going? And I was like, oh, you know, I'll figure it out. And she actually was like, wait a minute. I, my coworker has a son who's a principal or assistant principal at a middle school in Chicago. Let me connect you. And because the world and the universe works in mysterious ways, um, I connected with him the next day and he's like, we have a seventh and eighth grade English teaching position open and I can get you in. And so I was like, well, I guess if I'm going to become a middle school English teacher, then I'm not leaving teaching. So again, it was like all of the things I wanted in teaching kept falling into my lap and that's what kept me in it. Like I, I was still thinking in my head like, oh, this isn't for me, but the things that I wanted were falling into my lap. And so um, I interviewed, I got the position. It was in the, um, out by O'Hare in Morrow's Park in Illinois. And uh, I moved to Chicago and I was like, this is awesome. Seventh and eighth grade English. This is what I've been wanting. Um, and I really liked it, but I still felt like this is not something I see myself doing for forever. Like you see other teachers who are more bitter you know, that I've been there for 30 years and you're, you're at the, the curriculum meeting and you're just like, oh, negative. And it's really easy to get into that negative mindset around other people who are also stressed out, rightfully so. It's a stressful job. 
And so I still had that going on in my head. I was like, all right, I'm, you know, I started an after school literary arts magazine. Like I got to do all the things I wanted to do. And I was still like, "Mm, this still doesn't feel like a forever thing. And I just kept pushing it. Like, so I taught there for four years. So in total, I taught for nine years. And the last four really were, I love, they were the years I loved the most, but they were also, I, I, they're like kind of like magic years because if I would have actually gone with my plan, I would have left teaching before that, those four years. Um, and so I, I finally, I don't, I don't know what really pushed me, but I, I remember I was like seeing a therapist and I was like, teaching is my identity. And that was a really scary thing because I think all teachers probably can relate. Um, you know, when you meet someone new and they go, what do you do? And you say, oh, I'm a teacher instantly, regardless of if it's correct, they come up with this idea of who you are. And it's usually got a positive connotation to it. And I started to go, wait a minute, like I'm going to be leaving so much and I'm leaving this big identity. And then what? Yeah. And so I, rem- I remember just, um, it was like, how long am I going to stand at this like cliff and not jump? Like I've been saying this every year. And every year, you know, you kind of get wrapped up. You can't quit in the middle of the school year. So you really have this one opportunity at the end of the school year to say, hey, am I going to quit? Or am I going to do this again for another year, you know? And so it got to the point where I had told one of my close coworkers that I was going to resign at the end of the school year and, and at least give myself the summer to look. And I had the feeling that it started to get around and I was like, oh, I can't get to my principal before I get to my principal. And I was like, today I'm going to have to talk to him. And I was like, I'm going to resign at the end of this year. And as I was saying it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm crazy. <laughs> Taking the step. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, I'm going to do it. And, um, and so I did. So I resigned. It was like, you know, I finished the school year. All my students were like, are you going to write a book? Are you moving back to New York? You know, they thought I was doing all these like grand things. And I was just thinking, gosh, I hope I could find a job. <laughs> right. It's such a gutsy move. And even when you know it's the right thing to do, it's not necessarily easy. It doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, it doesn't feel right. And it's funny because right now, and I would say in the last three or four years of my life. So the first year out of teaching, I was, you know, trying on different things, but now it feels right. Like I'm just, if I could tell myself back then, don't be so scared. It's going to work out. You know, if you're thinking about leaving, then you're not happy. And another year doing the same thing probably isn't going to make a change. And so um, I left and I, I gave myself the summer to find a job because I thought, hey, I get paid through the summer. Um, I have health insurance through the summer. It's kind of like a built-in few months to look and not settle. So I was like, yeah. I'm not going to leave a career of nine years where I got a master's degree and a ton of loans um, for something that's going to make me not happy. And I will say, I, it was- I just want to like, yeah, everything that you're saying, the <laughs> fact that we, you know, the fact that as teachers, we were paid throughout the summer and, yeah. and insurance throughout the summer, like that is so fortunate for, and, and to be able, sometimes I think it's just good to have like a time to relax and to kind of recoup for some people that are extremely stressed by the end of it. Sometimes what they need isn't to just jump into a different full-time job. Sometimes it's good to have a little bit of 
recoup time and, talks, and yep. sometimes great recoup comes from trying something different on and learning and growing through it. So it, it yeah. does. And you really, you know, even if you're a teacher just for a year, I mean, I had done it for nine years. So I came out of, you know, the, my last school year going, wait, LinkedIn, I don't have a LinkedIn. I don't have connections. I don't have a resume. Um, so there's a lot of things that you kind of just need time to do. I would just go to the coffee shop and be like, okay, here are job titles that sound like things that I want to do. And I had this big notebook and it was like, here are job titles, here are keywords that I've noticed in their, in their like, you know, advertisements for the job postings. And now how am I going to craft a cover letter and a resume that like encapsulates all of that? And I would, it was like a job. I would just go to the coffee shop in my neighborhood and do research on what I wanted to do. And you need, I mean, it's pretty great that with teaching, you know, I say build it in. You get all those vacation days, like during the school year, try to revamp your resume earlier on. And, um, and I'm I will just going to put in a little plug here for everyone that's listening. Um, yeah. I love that you have the personal initiative to do all of this by yourself. And that's a lot of work yes. and it can feel like kind of a, like such a shot in the dark when it's like, well, I don't know about LinkedIn. I don't know about resumes. I don't know about a cover letter. Like, and and how do I translate those things into like corporate language instead of yep. educator language? And so for everyone listening, that's like, that sounds overwhelming. I don't know how to take those next steps. Those people want to sign up for a course that we have called find your next dream job. And it helps them identify what they want to do and then go through the steps of everything that you're taking. I have everything that you're talking about. That's just really impressive. I love hearing the methodical process that you yeah, no. that by yourself. Well, well, and that's what, there wasn't a community, right? There was nowhere to go. I did some Google searches for like leaving teaching, what next? And I, there were maybe, you know, there were a couple of abandoned blogs and there was really nothing out there. I mean, there was just a couple of posts out there saying similar things, but no one who'd been through it, who could basically say, no, this, this is how to get to where you need to be. And it's okay if you have to take a few steps back. And I will say, you know, there were tons of rejections when I was applying for jobs. Um, everyone was like, oh, but you were, you know, quote unquote, just a teacher. And in my mind, I'm like, that means I could do everything. Are you kidding me? Exactly. I'm like like, superwoman. Exactly. That means I'm going to work hard. I'm going to take it home. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to manage this. I'm going to put on a show. I'm going to communicate with parents, you know, all while disciplining and transferring knowledge and so I thought it was an asset, but it definitely, you know, a, a lot of companies were, they were like, yeah, but you don't have corporate experience. And at the time I was, you know, I didn't know the best way to spin my teaching experience as corporate. And, you know, now that I'm an instructional designer and I've worked in the corporate world for five years now, I'm like, if you could teach, you could do anything in the corporate world. You just have to spin it the right way and kind of like, you know, show people that you've done it all. You've done it with probably 30 different people, 30 kids, but they're still people. Um, and that, you know, they can take a chance on you. And so I, I ended up, um, through a connection, getting a job at one of the big four accounting firms, which was totally not in my, you know, at at all in what I thought I would be ending up doing. And I got a recruiting job. So just kind of like, I just was like, you know what, let me dip my toes into the corporate world and see what's out there. Um, And it took about a year and a half of being in the corporate world, doing stuff I didn't like for me to go, wait, learning and development is my passion. I'm good at it and I like it. 
And I just want to do it not in a public school setting. Um, and so I applied for a, a training manager position at my last company. And I was not qualified for a manager job, but I was like, I'm going to go for it. And they interviewed me and they were like, hey, we decided to not hire a manager, but would you want to come on board as a trainer? And I was like, sure. Yes. And um, yeah, and I started, this is the, the job that I just left, actually. I've been in a new job for three weeks. Um, so I started as a trainer, which was literally like being a teacher, except getting on a plane and going to fly places and training adults, which are just like students, you know, they're bored. They, you know, they get tired, they look sleepy and they don't learn, you know, by lecturing. And these are the kind of things that I noticed my training team already had in place. It was just like death by PowerPoint. So it was just these like training sessions that were 120 slides, five hours. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not how people learn. And I think that's when I realized, wait, instructional design is a thing. And it's a thing I'm passionate about. And it was something that you don't even realize you do as a teacher. You don't realize that you're planning your lessons by thinking about the best way to get that information across to your learners who are students without boring them, without giving them too much information, giving them, you know, with, with assessing them along the way. And all of that stuff is applicable in any learning environment. And that's when I was like, it kind of clicked, hey, maybe this is what I like the best. It's not the delivery. It's the behind the delivery, like how to deliver it. And yeah, that's kind of how it all, the journey into instructional design happened. It was just like, naturally, I thought, wait, I've been doing that along with every other teaching thing. Now let me just focus on that. And I was really fortunate to have a lot of support from my team where they were like, oh, wow, we do need to redesign this. Um, And if you want to take it on, we'll make that position for you. And that's amazing. I love it. I love how like organically that came about. And I have training experience. I loved, I loved training stuff also, but it was, it was nice, you know, to kind of get to that point and be like, we can improve this. This can be a lot better than it is. And you know, not all trainers, especially if they don't have an educator background, have the insights into how we can make this more engaging and effective and yeah, it's, and I love how you mentioned, um, you know, these are the things about teaching that I love. It's not necessarily just the delivery of it, but it, it's just the things that I love. You know, it doesn't involve recess duty in the snow, yep. lunch count, behavior yep. management, you know, yep. just anyway, I, I love it really, if educators knew how much it builds on, how much it needs their educator experience, like, oh. Are you wondering if instructional design and learning design would be a job that you'd actually enjoy? If so, we have a free two-minute quiz that will help you find out. If it's a good fit for you, it will even let you know the specific aspects of instructional design that go with your personal strengths and interests. And if it's not a good fit, it will even show you other jobs recommended for you. So go to our site, teachertransition.com forward slash ID quiz to find out today. Oh yeah. And there's a lot, even when I think about, you know, so I started and I was working for a healthcare firm. So I was creating training for 
software used in hospitals by registrars. So, you know, you go to your hospital, you know, you go to the emergency room and, you know, you, you're at the check-in window and the registrar is like, hey, I need your this, that, and the other. What are you here for? They're using a software and they need to be trained on how to use that software. And so, um, you know, it's definitely a totally new industry for me. But once I started to play around with, okay, like, how can we make this more hands-on? How can we check learning knowledge? Like, what did I do in the classroom? How could I do that with adults? People are people, you know? And um, I then started to become um, the instructional designer over more product lines. And that's when I started to dabble a little more into like program design, which is again, things you do in teaching. You just don't call it program design. You call it like we're creating a thematic unit on argumentative writing. But what are you doing? You're creating a program on argumentative writing. And so again, a lot of the things that you do in the classroom are exactly what you do in a learning and development role in a, in any business really. And I think that's the best part about it. I mean, I'm definitely at a place where I have not yet, you know, worked as an instructional designer for a product that I'm super passionate about, but I've still felt fulfilled because I've been able to be creative and I've been able to watch things come together, like, you know, start with nothing. And then all of a sudden I have this training program I created and that's really fulfilling for me. And that's something I didn't know was fulfilling to me when I was in the classroom. I was doing it, but I think because I was like, you know, behind the guise of like, I'm a teacher and I'm a role model and I'm a mentor and I'm a nurse and I'm all these other things, I didn't even get to realize that, oh, it's these little creative moments that really make me feel good. And that's, I think, important. And that'll help, that really helped me figure out like, okay, what do I want to do next? And that's the great part about not being in the classroom is there is a next. In the classroom, you're more limited, right? Your next is administration. Am I going to, you know, become the AP or the principal? Do I want to go into something with like, you know, data and things, you know, looking at test scores and things like that? There really isn't a lot of room for growth outside the four walls of your classroom. But there's a lot outside because there's a different industry, a different company, or a different role within learning and development. So I've found that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity. Um, the pay is way better. And it's, you know, I think one of the biggest things for me with teaching, I love to travel and I love having time off. And, you know, even though it seems a little shallow, it's like, oh, this, I'm going to miss summers off. But you don't really need summers off when you're just, not as stressed throughout the year. Like you really don't. And a lot of jobs now, my last job offered unlimited PTO. So it was just, you tell them when you need it. And as long as it's not the busy time, you can take it off. My, my current and job. I'm just going to throw out there in case yeah. anyone hearing this doesn't know the acronym. It's just paid time off. So time off. yeah. Tell them how that works. Like how can, yeah. Can you explain how can a yeah. person have unlimited paid time off? Yeah. So it, it's it started i started at my company with i think 26 days of paid time off which is a great amount of time um and of course you know depending on the company some companies kind of shy away from you like taking all of your days but for the most part um you could find a company out there that really uh, you know values work life balance and wants you to take those days off and so typically you know you email your boss and you're like hey I need these days off. Can I have them? And as long as, you know, you're not, you know, slacking at work, they're usually like, yes. And my company, 
Um, one of the big trends now is moving toward unlimited time off, basically saying, hey, we don't want you, you know, you don't have to track how many days you have off. We just want you to take it off when you need it. And it's funny because you end up taking less time off when you have all that freedom. Um, and my current company still, we don't have unlimited time off, but you know, I think it's three weeks off. They're closed during Christmas plus another two weeks of personal time. So like cool. if, if the time off is holding you back, there are jobs out there that work with that. Not to mention I work from home and home is wherever I want it to be. So, you know, today I'm sitting in Philadelphia in two weeks, I'll be sitting at my parents' house in Florida and I, I won't be taking time off. And to me, that is the work-life balance that I need. And it, it, it helped me fill the void of, oh, wow, I'm not going to have two months off because yeah. I really liked that summer. Yeah. So it can feel like is, giving up a lot, but I, I love how you also yeah. mentioned, you know, some of the perks that you experience of feeling creative at work. And I remember similar to what you were explaining, like, you know, not just identity as a teacher, but well, I work with people, I work with students, I work with like molding character and things like that. I think a lot of teachers can feel like, wait, I'm, I'm abandoning all these things. I'm giving up on this like good role person, whatever I was like, and quitting, am I quitting being like good. I, there's just a yeah. lot of identity crisis sometimes in it. But I think if people could know, like, it's not like you're, you know, you still have, you have coworkers that you're interacting with personally. You have thousands of people that you're influencing through, you know, with instructional design, with the materials that you're creating and the learning experiences, and they're going to be more enjoyable and, and make a difference in their life and in their yeah. well-being through what you're making. Like there's so much benefit to what you're doing. Influence. There- there is. And, and everyone out there, uh, you know, I kind of joke when someone, because you say instructional designer, and if you're not from a world of learning and development, a lot of people don't know what that means, right? Like my friends are like, so what does that exactly mean? And I'm like, well, you know, it's, if you, you know, when you start a new job and you take a lot of boring trainings, it's my job to make those trainings not boring. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how I spin it. And so you are really, you know, influencing people's attitudes towards learning and work. And I think, you know, I still struggle with the whole identity thing. I will say when people ask, you know, you meet a new person and they're like, first question, what do you do? And I always still say, you know, but I was a teacher for nine years. Like it still took, it's still taking time for me to not add that teaching part to it. Um, however, I will say, you know, there are places to volunteer with children. So I think the other thing to remember is there are ways to still be that influencer and role model for children outside of the classroom. Um, you know, I have a friend who has been volunteering at a church in Chicago. She does tutoring with the same kid for the last, I don't know, six years. She's watched her grow. Um, I tutored and helped kids write their college essays at a nonprofit writing center in Chicago. So there are plenty of places to volunteer if you feel like you still want to have that part of your life fulfilled. Um, you know, it's different, obviously, than being in the classroom, but you actually it feels good in a way too, because you're not doing it because it's your job. You're doing it because you're like, I want to do this. And so there is a way to still incorporate that into your life. Um, not to mention a lot of corporations and, and smaller businesses too are really big into um, giving you a day off for volunteering or committees where you can you know, do community activities with children and things like that. So I think that there's a lot of ways to still keep that in your life. Um, but the, the bigger thing is figuring out 
for me at least, was figuring out like, what is something I can do forever? And I actually can confidently say that like, I could do this instructional design and development forever because there's a lot of different industries for me to do it in. If I get bored of one, I can move to a different one. And then it's a whole, I mean, I just started a new job three weeks ago and now I'm not in healthcare anymore. I'm in software, um, working for a division at Dell. And so this is all, now I'm creating training for software developers, which is like a whole new world for me because I don't know anything about software development. Um, So I get to learn also. And it's kind of nice like that too. When you're a teacher, you kind of don't learn a lot anymore because you, you might learn some new like teaching, you know, philosophies and theories, but for the most part, they they just got recycled. Um, and so you do also get to be a lifelong learner. You, you learn in whatever industry you're going into. And if, you know, that's fulfilling to me as well. Yeah. And so that's another nod toward being outside of the school that I think is valuable for sure. Yeah, in the instructional design field, absolutely. Like for me in the classroom, I definitely felt very stagnant. You know, not, not the first five years. I was growing a lot and, and I did grad school in that too. Like so much growth and so much development, but then I started to plateau and I wasn't comfortable with that. And I was still attending conferences and presenting at conferences and learning a lot of ed tech stuff and implementing yeah. things and helping other people in my district and, and so many things like that. But I, I just needed to grow and instructional design, like, Oh, there's so much you can always keep learning. I think the real thing to go back to, cause I know it can feel like, well, am I, you know, how am I still like, serving in the community, or I love that you mentioned all those things. I think really when we look at, you know, part of the goal with work is finding a role, an environment, a position, a way that, that you personally can thrive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just like have a job, you know, or have a job that has street cred of what people look at as like, oh, you're a teacher, like checkmark and like a good person box. Yes. I just love, I love that you found something that you feel like you personally thrive in, not just now, but looking into your future. Yeah. Um, I know that you are going to share some things with us in, for, for the people that are enrolled in our instructional yeah. design course. Can you give us just a sneak peek yeah. at some of the like yeah. overall things that you'll be sharing? With yeah, absolutely. Kids? So the cool thing about um, working in instructional design and development, and a lot of companies I found really lump it together, right? Um, you know, someone designs like, what is the curriculum can actually look like. And then someone else, you know, depending on how large your company is, might actually do the development work. Like they're going to make the workbook or put it in a program to make it pretty. And at my last job, um, I did all of it. And so I got to learn a lot of different types of software. And there's there's a big push for micro learning right now. And so like, you know, creating training that's like small, chunked up and easily digestible. So like two minutes, three minutes long on a single topic. And I found, you know, through experimenting that the best way to reach that is via video and making videos. And there's this one program that I had the opportunity to use at my previous job called Beyond. Um, It was formerly GoAnimate. And it's so easy to use. And it's just an easy way. You can create animations, explainer videos. um, And so it's a great, easy way to create learning that's not just words on a piece of paper, you know, in Microsoft Word. And so again, more, more 
opportunities for you to learn as a person in a new job. And I'm going to share just quickly how you could easily make something in Beyond with no real experience in developing or animation or anything like that. And I actually, um, at my previous company, I couldn't share any of my instructional design work, um, which was hard because I needed a portfolio and everything was proprietary. And so I um, I shared with you and we can share, um, I made a little por- digital portfolio um, about myself. That way I could showcase my work. And I think that, you know, it was, it was definitely beneficial for me. And I would encourage other people out there as well. Like if you could somehow showcase your skills in the way you market yourself for jobs, you're, you're selling it already. And, um, and so, yeah, so beyond is it's a, I'm going to show a little animation um, on just how easy it is to use. And that way I think it, it's scary, right? Cause you go into a new world and you have to learn all these new programs and it's kind of fun though. Like, you know, yeah. you get to learn new programs and yeah. then you're like, wait, I made this and it wasn't even that difficult. It's so. like, I've got mad skills. Like, look at these. Exactly. And I loved seeing your videos. So I'm so excited to share that with yeah, yeah. everyone that's in the course. So um, cool. as far as kind of last things, you've shared so much um, of so much value of what your experience was like and, you know, some tips along the way. But is there any last encouragement or tips that you'd give for transitioning teachers, people that are starting to feel like maybe I need to be doing something else or I know I need to be doing something else, but I don't even know where to start. Like any advice that you'd give? Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing is I would just do it. If you're thinking about doing it and it's not the first time you thought about doing it, it's not going to be the last. And it really slows down the trajectory of your career outside of teaching the longer you wait. Like I've waited um, I spent a good four years teaching, knowing that I was probably not going to teach forever. And those four years, they could have been four years that I was pushing, you know, more in my second career. And I think that you can't let the fear hold you back. Um, you could easily, like, you've posted a ton of posts on your Instagram about the types of jobs that are out there. I think looking at those posts that you've um, shared shows people that hey, I have these skills. It's out there. I'm marketable, um, and just not being afraid to go out there and you know try it and do it. I mean, I know it's scary because you do leave the security of you know like this job and this career, especially if you've done it for years. But I also feel like typically, if you're not happy, it's not a feeling that's going to go away, and so it's not going to go away unless you make it go away by trying something new. And I think that. Looking at some of the things that you've shared also, um, I think the best, another piece of advice would be to brainstorm the things that you've done in your teaching role that you really like um, down to the nitty gritty, like the little committees you're on. You know, I was on the technology committee and the writing curriculum committee. And looking back, I'm like, oh, wait, that's where all of this instructional design started. And so really digging into Every little thing, you know, besides standing up in front of the classroom, what do you do in planning, um, you know, writing objectives? That's all things that instructional designers do. We, we totally. figure out what they need to learn. We create it into, I use Bloom tax, Bloom's taxonomy now. I create measurable learning objectives and then I figure out how we're going to reach those. And so just by identifying all those things you do in your current job, it helps reinforce like I have these skills. They're just, you know, under the guise of teaching. 
but they can be under, you know, any other learning and development role in the corporate world. So that's, that's just so go do funny. it. Just go do it. Yeah. Especially if you've thoughts and especially if those thoughts keep returning, your gut yeah. is speaking to you. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Felicia, thank you so much for sharing your experience in the classroom and beyond the classroom and, and your tips for everyone. So yeah, if, if anyone great. is ready for more information or want to hear in more depth, what Felicia has to share, it will be in the instructional design course. So Felicia, thank you so much for being on this episode. You got it. Thank you for having me. If you want to open new opportunities for your future with your teaching skills, then enroll in our course from teacher to instructional designer. This is so much more than just an online course. You will finish the course ready to confidently apply to jobs with a resume and cover letter that are already created for you with customizable templates and with your personal portfolio that showcases the instructional design skills you already have and those that you will gain through the course. You'll receive a professional development certificate that you can share with your school for PD hours, and you'll also have the option to get a certificate in instructional design and instructional development that you can showcase on your resume. On top of that, I'll show you the best places to find the kind of job you want, and our whole community is here to support you in our private course member-only group. So, your future is calling. Are you ready to answer? Go to teachertransition.com forward slash ID and sign up now. Don't put this off. There's a limited time coupon code that's on the checkout page and it won't be there for long. So sign up now. Let's get you and your incredible gifts on their way to the future opportunities where you're needed. And be sure to sign up soon so that you can join us in a live kickoff. The sooner you join, the more content in the course that you'll be able to go through so that you can ask all the questions that you have and get all the personalized support that you want as we do a live class meetup soon. Also, the cost of the course is going to be going up. So be sure to jump in sooner rather than later so that you can join us live and get the best price. This episode may have ended, but connecting doesn't have to. Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word. Leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends. Be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.